Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Hey, why don't you just thank the band? You guys did an awesome job. You guys can sit down. John, you're from Toronto. Now, now, um, he was a C3 Calgary boy. Do you like Toronto? Is it warmer? Yeah, okay. Just, uh, you know, there's always that competition that the humidity makes Toronto actually feel just as cold as Calgary, but that's just a lie. No, it's been, it's been a, uh, a fun week uh, being here, and I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on here. We just feel so supported and so encouraged by this church, and uh, it's so awesome to have uh, Pastor Jess uh, with me by my side, and, and uh, we had just celebrated our 10th wedding anniversary. I know. Yeah, you should clap for her. She put up with me for 10 years. That's pretty awesome. And uh, we have two kids, they're back out in the kids' ministry, and you got to really encourage your kids' team. Uh, they are always back there doing an incredible job. Make sure if you ever see uh, one of the kids' team, just thank them so much for putting up with your demon-possessed children. And, um, but we, we have a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and they are awesome. And Noah, called, Noah gets really excited. My four-year-old gets really excited about coming to C3 Calgary. He, he actually calls it the Jelly Bean Church. And we're like, what? What is going on here? But at conference, at Canada conference in September, the kids team put a table outside in the lobby or something that had jelly beans on it. And we're driving to church and Noah's never been more excited to go to church. He's like, he's like I really want to go to church. Really want, like, he's like, we're going to go let's get to John we're like this is great there's something that C3 Calgary are doing that we need to adopt like the kids are so excited to go to church man the kids team must be really bringing faith in Jesus and the spirit but the truth was is he knew where the jelly beans were and he was stealing jelly beans from the table uh, from the jelly bean church so C3 Calgary will always be the jelly bean church and that's the secret so now I'm going back and our kids team and like uh putting jelly beans everywhere and, you know, whatever. You can't win them, just manipulate them, right? So, but we, uh, we've been having, we got some photos of some stuff. This is East Campus. We just launched a second campus in Toronto. And uh, it doesn't have two stages. It's, that's one stage. Um, that would be super cool, wouldn't it? But uh, so that's Christmas, uh, that's Christmas. And there's Amanda Gurnett from this church. And Vola sent send her over as much as she hates that. She lives across the country, but she's doing an incredible job. Is there any more f- photos? This is, uh, yeah, and this is our West Campus. And there's Pastor Greg Fry, another. Just put all the Calgary people up. Calgary, you're just such an amazing sending church. God bless you. And uh, just keep sending them to Toronto. But this is, this is a photo on the screen here of our Alpha Retreat. Anyone heard of Alpha? Um, and so uh, the city of Toronto did an Alpha campaign where a bunch of uh, marketing went out. And we had, uh, when we were doing our Connect Group semester, we had 15 or 16 Alpha groups that were specific to Alpha. And we were seeing people that have never read the Bible before walk off the street, like from the marketing, from buses and streetcar marketing. And one guy was even, one of the stories of a guy that went to the Alpha retreat uh, was, he, I think he was on YouTube watching a two-pack video and a, an advertisement 
for Alpha came up on the side. He clicked on it, never been to church. He came to our Alpha groups. Then he came to church, got saved. He was baptized just after the Alpha program and fully like living for Jesus now in our church. Even Tupac lives on. Jesus can even use to And so, but... Uh, we, and it's just been awesome. We, we're seeing an average of about 20 to 25 people giving their lives to Christ every single Sunday. Since last Christmas, over a thousand people have given their lives to Christ in our church. How, how amazing is that? Come on, give God some praise. Amen. How good is that? And so it's a party over there in Toronto, and when I get on the phone to pass the lawn, I can just feel the encouragement and feel the support, and we're just so blessed by you guys. And I want to tell you, if you've ever believed that the days of church and the days of Jesus, that those days, the best days were behind us, I want to tell you that's not true. The best days are ahead of us. And you need to to stand up this New Year's Eve and believe that 2018 really is the best year yet. We get so over. New Year's Eve services because we think, you know, every time, here we go, we're going to go back to church. And 2000, Sam, you don't understand, 2017 sucked. 2016 was worse. And every year I go to C3 Calgary West and Pastor Long gets up and tells us that this year is going to be the best year yet. But I want to tell you that Jesus has forward eyes. He, uh, he is looking into your future and you are going from strength to strength. And you need to get on the front of your seat, take out your Bible, get out your notepad, get ready. Because uh, I just really believe that God's got a solid word for you this morning. Amen. And this year is going to be a strong year, right? Praise Jesus. Awesome. And uh, how many people in Calgary pray for global warming? Nobody. I don't know. Okay. All right. So what I want to talk about this morning uh, is I want to just focus right in onto something. And what I believe is something that uh, from the heart of God does not want you to travel into the next year with. And sometimes in December, you know, as I'm looking into the new year, Jess and I often have discussions and conversations about things. What are the things that God wants us to shake off? What are the things that God wants us to not live with, to not adopt, to move into the new year without? And one of those things, and I don't think you would disagree with me, is anxiety. Anxiety. Now, but here's the thing, is everybody in this room would struggle with anxiety, Anybody who's doing anything struggles with anxiety. I actually don't believe that we are not meant to live without, that we are meant to live without anxiety. I think anxiety is inevitable in your life. Everybody's like, thank God I came to church today. Wow, I thought I was going to hear an uplifting message. No, 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 anxiety is just a part of life. If you're married, if if you got a husband, you, you got a level of anxiety. If you got a wife, you got a level of, if you've got kids, praise Jesus, we live with anxiety. And so, but anxiety, anybody who's doing anything in life, anybody that's on the front foot, I say that when you are in the bullseye of your calling in God, at the same time, you're in the crosshairs of the enemy. The only reason that you're not in the crosshairs of the enemy is because you're not following the bullseye of Jesus. And But when you're doing something for God, when you're a mover and a shaker like the people in the city of Calgary, if you, if you wanted to live in a less anxious place, you wouldn't live in this city. 
Anxiety is filling our lives and filling our churches. So we don't need a pastor to get up and say, hey, if you experience anxiety, you're doing something wrong. It's because the truth is, is we all experience it. You look at your bank account, anxiety comes. You look, you know, you, you whatever it is, you, you, in your relationships, anxiety can come. Even some things that you don't even do, some things that you don't invoke in your own life, some things just happen to you, external circumstances come your way, and anxiety just floods in. A client that you trusted for years all of a sudden betrays you, whatever it is, anxiety can come. You look at the weather app. And anxiety is just like, you know, whatever. Driving on the streets this week. I'm filled with anxiety. It's like, we nearly crashed into a stop sign this morning. I gave Jess anxiety. She, She has to drive with her husband, Sam, in the driver's seat. Anxiety. Okay, everybody, everybody praise Jesus. All right. So, but here's the thing. It's not it's not trying to ignore it or feel bad that it's there. It's what do I do with it when it's there? That, and so I believe that by the end of this message, and I know by the end of this message, you are going to be equipped with one principle that is an, overcome, an anxiety overcoming principle that you are going to run into 2018 knowing it doesn't matter if anxiety tries to take you out, but you are an overcomer, you are greater, you don't need to live under it, you have tools to live above it, and, and I really do believe that you aren't going to run away from circumstances that could possibly present anxiety, but you'll actually embrace those troubling circumstances. You will face trials with joy, and you'll be someone that kind of looks like a little bit of a psychopath. You'll run after the giants and the mountains in life that most other people will run away from because you understand the tools to live above it. Amen. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Somebody give God some praise today. Amen. And so if I If I was to ask you, what's the one verse that speaks to anxiety in the Bible? What's the first verse that comes to mind? You might recite Philippians chapter 4, and it says this. It says, be anxious. Don't stop there. Be anxious for nothing. It's using a double negative. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things through prayer and supplication. Prayer is broad. Jesus save our nation, supplication is specific. Jesus, I believe that I'm healed this week. Jesus, I believe today I will see breakthrough come in. Jesus, I believe. So, so prayers are broad, but God just doesn't want to hear broad prayers because he does, if you just pray broad prayers, how do you know if he answers them? God, I just really believe that, the, that, that this city will be more blessed. God's like, come on, be more specific so I can show off. Be more specific so I can, so when you see me answer your specific, and a specific prayer is a nervous prayer to pray. It's something that has deadlines to it. It's something that has measurements to it. It's something that, it's something that God, God can show off and he can be over and above your thoughts and your dreams and your imagines. Give God a reason to be God in your prayer life. Don't just pray broad prayers. God, help my whole family. No, no, no. Pray specific prayers. I declare that little Johnny, 16-year-old drug addict, will be in church by the end of this month. Where We will invite him. We will get on our front foot, and we will see him come to Christ this month. I'm going to do all I can do, and God, you're going to do everything I can't do, and you're going to see little Johnny come to Christ by the end of this month. Pray a specific prayer, and watch God show off in your life. 
God needs an excuse to be God. He needs us to get, position Him to be God, and that's what a supplication prayer is. So He says, be anxious for nothing, but pray specific prayers and do it with thanksgiving, please. Not like Noah asking for food when he runs into the kitchen. He's like, man, man, and too many, you know, how many people know that there's too many Christians in church that have, there's a reflection of faith by the tone of our prayers. It's like, damn, I'm like, God, God, I'm just, you know, my bank account, God, my, you know, the healing, God, the situation, God, my wife, you know, you, you said you were going to change her last year and you didn't, God. And it's like, God wants thanksgiving. It's a posture of faith. It's a posture of understanding that He is on the throne. That God is in charge and He's not anxious like we are. He's not, he's not biting His holy nails in fear whether we're going to get through. He's just kind of seated waiting for us to get a revelation of His heart that His that he's God is large and in charge and He's under control and you don't need to be anxious. So there's a problem, there's a disconnect, there's a frustration, there's an imbalance here where why is it that I'm still anxious? Why is it? I still freak out, I still get mad, my world still gets flipped upside down. Pastor Sam, help us. Somebody say, amen. Amen, awesome. See how I keep getting you to respond? I like kind of the vocal church. Amen. It's helpful makes me not repeat myself too many times. And everybody said? Yeah. There, there, see? All right. Anxiety, anxiety is something that God doesn't want us to be. He says, be anxious for nothing. It, you are a living being. There's a way for you to be. And it's like, it's like when you read this verse in Philippians, it's like his heart to you. He looks down at your life. He looks down at your work at the circumstances that you face, and he's like, you don't need to be freaking out. I have a way for you to be, and I'm writing through Paul to the Philippian church that, that, that if you read through the book of Philippians, Paul's saying, listen, I relate to you. I understand. In Philippians chapter 1, he talks about living in chains. And, 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 and he's like, at the end of Philippians, he's like, be anxious even though you're living in chains. And there might be people here today that just feel bound in circumstance. You might, you might feel like when, you, when you're chained down, you just don't know a way out. When you think about that relationship circumstance or that person in your life that they once were good and, and everything was going well, but then all of a sudden you don't understand why they're thinking that way. You don't understand why they're going off the rails that way. You don't understand why, like, how come they don't see it that way? And you feel like, man, is there, there's not going to be a way out of this. Or you might feel chained to sin and temptation. Why in 2017 did I believe God that I would stop circling around those sins and be chained down by those sins? and be locked down and God says and I go to church every Sunday and hear about freedom but I feel chained and Paul at the end says come on be anxious even though you feel like you're in chains and then he says and then he says I suffer like you do and he talks about suffering and there might be people in this room that feel and suffering's like when other things happen to you you didn't plan for it Paul didn't plan to go to prison he wanted to go out and preach and do all these things but he's penning this letter from from a suffering position he's saying but don't be anxious He's saying, I can relate to you. And then later on, he says, because I'm poured out for Jesus. And he used this language in Philippians saying, saying he's poured out. 
and, and the pouring out of something uh, it invokes anxiety. When you feel empty, you're anxious. And that would be point one, is anxiety comes from being empty. Anxiety comes when you're empty. Point one. Anxiety comes from being empty. And, uh, and so, you know, if you think about it, when you're driving through traffic and you're empty of time, you're late, what happens? On the, on the, on the dashboard of your soul, anxiety starts to... And then all of a sudden you want to ring the person that you're late to that appointment in, but then you realize that your phone is empty of battery, dies. I can't even ring them. Then anxiety increases, and then the gas light, ding, 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 comes on. The gas tank's empty. Fuel is gone. You're like, I'm empty of time. I'm empty of my phone battery, and I'm empty of fuel, and Pastor Lawn's going to hate me. He thinks that I'm just some weak Christian, and I don't even want to move forward in the church, but I've run out of gas. I've run out of battery. I've run out of time, and, and it's like, you know, anxiety comes when we're empty, and Paul says even though you're poured out, even though you've given everything, you've, you've been serving in church and you've been faithful to Jesus and you've been running hard in Christianity and you feel like Paul and you relate to Paul when he says, you've been pouring yourself out for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years and you're like, man, I don't know, like I just feel depleted. There are people in this room that just feel like they're on the edge of burnout, that just feel like they're depleted, feel like they've given everything, feel like the tank is empty. And when you think about going to the next level and you think, you know, pastor gets up and says, 2018, this year, church, we're going to add services, we're going to double, we're going to expand, we're going to do more. And you're like, what the crap? Oh, can I say crap in C3 Calgary? We can definitely say it in Toronto. I know that. Um, but, but you're like, I'm empty. I don't know if you understand. Paul, you tell me to be anxious. You tell me as a living being, it's not God's heart for me to be in anxiety. But the moment pastor challenges me and tells me that it's time for me to go to the next level, I freak out and fill my pants. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just being truthful to you because he's preaching to the Philippian church who are a poured out people. They're a suffering people. They're an in-chains people. But this is not God's heart. For you, and in, in chapter 4, he says, be anxious for nothing, but send to me in my heart. Tell me what your needs are. Tell me what your prayers are. And then I think about a contrasting verse in the Bible, another B verse. It says, be anxious for nothing. And, it, and it, anxiety comes from being empty. And, and then, and then what, what is God's heart for me? And then I, I read Psalms chapter 46 and verse 10, and it says this. It says, be still. And know that I am God. And you kind of put these two verses together. And one of them saying that God's heart for you is not to be anxious. And the other one saying his heart for you is to be still. And David knew God's heart. And David, and, 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 and it was there's something in that when you send the prayer request, something else has to come down from heaven to fill our poured out lives. And what is it? Be still. And the way to be still is to go to yoga class. What's the strategy here in Psalms chapter 46 and verse 10 for our anxious lives when we don't know how to get through, when we don't know how to deal with the suffering, when we don't know why our kids are going bananas? 
why, why that relative just cannot reverse the cycle of addiction, why that person is just seems to be, why our lives, why I can't seem to get my marriage right. I feel like after 10 years, I would have nailed it by now. But just still isn't listening. No, I, I, I sometimes get anxious. I feel at a loss as a dad and as a husband. And I go to God and I'm like, God, I feel like I'm not who I need to be. I feel like I'm pouring out. I feel like I don't have the answers. I feel like I'm chained down to my own mentalities, to my own limitations. I feel like the wiring of Sam is wrong. And, and I'm not giving to Jess what I need to give Jess. I'm not giving to my kids what I need to give my kids. I'm not giving to my church what I need to give to the church. And I don't know how. That's my supplication is I know that you tell me to renew my thinking. I can definitely see that my thinking is wrong. But the wiring inside of me just feel, I feel bound. I feel chained. I feel like there isn't a way out. Uh, can somebody relate to me, please? Am I the only human being in the room? And then he says, no, 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 listen, send your supplication to me, but be still and know that I am God. Know something, know, what, what am I not knowing? I think I know my limitations. I think I know what's going on in my life. I think I know the problems. I think I've diagnosed my bank account pretty well, but do I know what God's heart is over that anxious bank account? Do I know God's heart? over my health and my healing. Yeah, I've been diagnosed and I know what the doctor said and I know that I've been diagnosed with cancer and I know the circumstances and I'm filled with anxiety, but what else do I know? Because if I, by knowing one thing, I'm filled with anxiety, I, I have an option that God put in the Bible. I, there, there's another option that God put in there that I can know something else and that if I know that's something else, then maybe in 2018, I can still take on the mountains. I can still take on the giants. I can still take on everything that my pastor is calling me to, everything that God is calling me to, everything in my life that I feel like, I feel like there's more. I'm not done yet. This isn't the end for me. And I know that there is a heart from God for me to be still, but still dominate in life what the heck empty depleted poured out one of the most poured out disillusioned empty seasons in our lives was this very month four years ago when we were sent for a spin and anxiety flooded into our life and I started to hear God's heart on what it meant to go in paralyzing circumstances, to actually defy the odds and to live above anxiety. It was right after our Christmas productions. I got a phone call from my dad at 2 a.m. in the morning from Australia. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing on the other end of the line that my mom of 57 years of age, who was healthy, at the time, all of a sudden had a cerebral aneurysm and fell into a coma. And 10 days after that, off life support, and she went to be with Jesus. But it wasn't just that. It seems that when it rains, like it's pouring. And when, it, when, when, when things flood into life and suffering and you feel, de and you feel chained, by, you don't know the way out. 
you don't know how to get out. And then, you know, we're in a, we're in a small church at that time. And we were, you know, a small, very vulnerable church. We were brand new to pastoring in the first year of our church, 100 people. And we couldn't find a venue to meet in. We went through 13 different venues. And one of them, that, that and, and right at that time, mom passed away. Our son, Jess, was due. Our son was born on Christmas Day. We had a Christmas baby. That's awesome. Celebrates with Jesus. So holy, right? My birthday's Halloween. What does that say? <laughs> so, so Jess is nine months pregnant, overdue. Anxiety's filling her. Mom, we don't know what's happening. She's in, in a coma. These, we're getting calls that we don't have anywhere to meet five days before a place where we needed to meet as a church. We're wondering if this church of 100 people, if they're ever going to trust us. We're trying to build a strong church, but everything seems to be falling apart. We had a pastoral situation in our church, which just was crazy. This guy was in trouble with the police because he was forcing himself on women, and, and he got his girlfriend pregnant, and, and it was just crazy, and it was manipulative and wrong, and, and, and I'm trying to deal with that, and he's upset at us because we don't understand his world enough, and, and, and that was, but, you know, but at the same time, my mom's on life support and trying to, trying to deal with that. And then, and then Noah was born on, the, on December 25th. Mom went off life support on December 28th. And then on January 3rd, I'm on a plane to Australia to do a funeral to, in, in an unplanned situation to, to bury my mom that I didn't even get to say goodbye to. First year church planners, just going, I got nothing. And I'm not explaining my giants and my mountain to, to diminish yours. Whatever you face is your mountain. This week, you might, you might have been having nightmares all week and you might have been having bad dreams. And you're like, well, I don't want to complain about my bad dreams now because he's talking about his mom passing away. No, no, no. You're waking up. In cold sweats, you're faced with fear and you don't know why it's happening. You don't understand why it's happening. You don't know why you're having those demonic thoughts. You don't understand what is going on in your life and you don't know a way out. Your mountain is your mountain. I'm not going to judge it. My mountain's my mountain. You Don't judge it. What we face is what we face. And I was sent for a spin and even to put on worship music and even to know anything about God. It's like, it was like, I, I didn't understand it. I was like, why would this happen? Why would this go on in my life? And I'm, and I'm just, we're freaking out. Hard to pray. Hard to even say a supplication to God when you're wondering why it all happened in the first place. Disillusioned, lost, misplaced. But then something we discovered at the end of this is that point two, peace doesn't come by emptying yourself, peace comes by filling yourself. So although you feel poured out, the question isn't what's leaving you, what's going out of you, and how troubling your circumstances are. The question is, is what is filling you? And we had enough wisdom and enough understanding to get in the presence of God. We didn't have any answers. And when Jesus says, I am the answer, he says, I'm the way. And it's kind of funny where no one's advice counts. No person's encouragement matters. Your circumstances and then the only thing that matters is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with you. And you're like, you're like don't be offended, God, but 
just don't talk to me right now. Can you just, 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 this is good. This is good right here. Stand. And I, and I, I didn't know what was going on, but I just felt like I could just lean. He's standing and I'm, and I'm just leaning and that was enough. I was a little bit stiller in my anxious world. What, what We go to many different things to fill us. Eastern meditation says the best way to deal with anxiety is to empty yourself. The state of nirvana is the ultimate state of emptying. If we can just meditate to a point where we, where we lose everything out of ourselves, go to yoga class. There's a thing in Toronto called Float Toronto where it's, it's a way to deal with stress. It's, it's, it's sensory deprivation and Steph Curry does it. And like, and like we're convinced and it's literally lying in salt water with earplugs and an eye mask. And like you literally just float there and, and do nothing. If I, can, if I can eliminate everything from my life and we do it, don't look at me like that. You're planning your next holiday to deal with anxiety. If I can get things out of my life, if I can get things removed from my life, if I can, and, and we have different ways to medicate. If I can drink that glass of wine, I can, I can eliminate the thoughts. I can eliminate, I can, and I can put those things out of myself and I'll feel better. But, but medicating a problem uh, and numbing a problem just delabels the bottle and makes the poison more lethal anyway. It's not about emptying yourself. It's about what's pouring in. What, what, is, what is filling you? Peace comes from being filled with the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. I feel the presence of God in this room right now. I feel like you're thinking about your circumstances and you're starting to get where I'm going, baby. You're starting to understand that the things that you face are not a greater thing than the greatest thing. You're starting to understand that the presence of God coming into your life is just like turning on a light switch and anxiety is like darkness that doesn't have a choice. Once it's on, it leaves. You're starting to understand that you're like a cop and the weightless air in your empty life is anxiety, but you pour in the water and the ointment of Jesus and air just has to leave that vessel. You don't focus on the elimination of anxiety, you just focus on the filling of Jesus. And when you, and when you come on, somebody give God some praise, come on. And when, when, when you're in these troubling circumstances and you don't know the way out, and you have enough sense to just say, Lord, come into my life right now. Come into this circumstance right now. I think I need the keys up, it just feels like the right moment. I'll just get the keys. The whole, whole band can chill. The band probably needs this message more than anyone anyway. <laughs> Presence of God filling your life. We get filled with so many things. You know, we don't... We, we, we very easily adopt things. Do you know even... And I, I do this too is even entertainment. If I can numb my circumstances by binging on Netflix, I get home at the end of a stressful day 
I get home and, oh, man, I just got to put on that show, got to have that glass of wine. And we find that we adopt natural remedies far faster because they just, they help the soul a little bit. But then in the end, the spirit hasn't changed. Nothing's, nothing's actually helped, changed for a second and numbed it for a second. And there's nothing wrong with binging on Netflix. I mean, invite me over to your house and let's binge on Netflix together. But let's not, let's not do it in place of the presence, the filling of Jesus. Be still and know God. Friend, do you know God? If I was to take inventory of your word life, your prayer life, you're called to do a five-day fast. What a great way to know God. When, when we get stressed as Christians, we don't go to church. How does that work? When in church, we're talking about knowing God. So when I'm stressed, I should go to the doctor's office. When I'm stressed, I gotta get to church. I gotta be in this worship. When we're singing about the glory of God, then in that moment, when I'm raising my hands and magnifying who is worthy to be magnified, I find that the anxiety that tried to magnify itself suddenly fades away. No high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Be filled, Ephesians says, with the knowledge of the measure of God. Be filled with all the fullness of the knowledge of the measure of God. That's that prayer in Ephesians where he says, I pray with all everything I have that you would be filled with that measure. The last point here. And I've already kind of preached it. To empty anxiety, we must be filled with God's presence. It's, I know that's, that's not a very profound point, but it's actually quite profound. What, whatever you're going through, you feel like people around you don't understand. You feel like you don't have answers. Man, you aren't meant to run into this year carrying that stuff. You're not meant to face January 1st paralyzed with anxiety. It's a tool from the enemy to distract you, to take you away from the call of God, but more importantly, to take you away from knowing Jesus. If the enemy can do anything, he wants to get you away from being intimate and knowing your Lord and Savior. I want to just read you probably from the most anxious book in the whole Bible, Job. The person that lost everything. The person that none of us can complain or compare our lives against. From Job, we read about who God is. And we start to actually see how magnificent and how large He is. It just takes your breath away. And what I want you to do is, as I'm reading this, I want you to think about those circumstances. What are you anxious about? You're anxious about your boss. You're anxious about your kids. You're anxious about that situation. You're anxious about that health. You're anxious about whatever, whatever it is. Think about it. And now let's just exercise the preach and let's just see about knowing God as we read His Word. Let's see who's actually large and in charge. And by knowing this, I know at the end of reading this, you're just going to be a little bit more rested you don't need to float in salt water like Steph Curry. 
You're like, really, Steph Curry does it? That's got to work. All right. Job chapter 26. Here it is. The dead tremble. Where is it? Verse 6. The realm of the dead is naked before God. Destruction lies uncovered. Verse 7. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. Check this out. He he suspends the earth on nothing. I don't know about the circumstance that you're facing and the problem that you face or the devil that's trying to get at you, but I know for a fact that the devil did not suspend the earth in space. He wraps the waters up in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon over the face of the waters for a boundary between, and formed a boundary between light and darkness. Do you know that your God formed the boundary between day and night? I just want to ask your circumstance. I just want to ask that problem. Did you have the power? I know you're trying to have power over my life, but just a little reality check problem. Did you have the power to separate day and night? Did you do that? Because I know someone I'm actually in relationship with Him. He lives in my heart. I am His temple. I am His son. I am His daughter. I am the person under His authority that by by His might, by His word, actually separated day and night. F-Y-I. He separated day and night. The pillars of heaven quake. Augustus at his rebuke. I don't think I'm reading the translation that's on the screen. The power of the sea grew calm. By his, still, by his skill, he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful and his power pierced the gliding serpent. They are just the beginning of all he does, merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? I just want to ask you the question, is what you're facing too big for God? Be anxious for nothing. Do you know God here today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, we can't let a moment go on in this year. Can't let you step into the new year without giving you an opportunity to know God. Can I just have everybody bow their head and close their eyes? There's still people looking at me. Nobody moving around in the room. You do not need to leave yet. I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes so you can respect the privacy of the other people that are responding here today. There are people in this room that want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Without another moment going by, in a moment, If you've never asked Jesus and know Jesus as the center, in the center of your heart, if you've never asked Him to come in the center of your heart, in a moment I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. Or maybe you once made this decision, but you know that you've walked away from Him. And you're like, man, today, this New Year's Eve, I would love to invite Him in my world again. I need to know God. I need to be intimate with God. I need Him to be my Lord and Savior. In a moment, I too am going to ask you to lift up your hand. Or maybe you don't know what will happen if you die. 
my mom, that circumstance, that was a very quick thing. The Bible says is that Jesus is the assurance of faith, that when you pass, you'll go to heaven. By praying a prayer with belief in your heart of what he did on the cross, that you'll have that assurance. So with nobody looking around, the Holy Spirit moving across this room, if that's you here today, if you're like, man, I want to know Jesus for the first time, or I want to recommit my life to Him, or I just really need that assurance, I'm actually in fear and I'm not in assurance that I know Christ. If that's you here in this room, quickly, with nobody look up, looking around, lift up your hand so I can see it. Thank you. Who else is there? Who, thank you. Who else is there? Two people. Who else is there? Thank you. Three people. Who else is there? Lift up your hand. The reason I'm counting is I want you to know that you're not alone. You never have to do life alone. Not in this church. Is there anybody else? Today's the day. Come on, lift up your hand. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and God. Anybody else want to join those three people? That's awesome. That's awesome. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? Just stand to your feet right now. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray this prayer with you. And uh, what, what I'm going to do is there are people that would love to have some prayer. That what I want to do is I believe the presence of God is the antidote to anxiety. And what I couldn't let this service go without praying that anxiety is lifted from your life and you get an impartation of the presence of God. So once this is done, I'm going to invite people forward, give the mic back to Pastor Lorne. But before we do that, let's just stand and pray with these three people. Can we do that? Can we believe with them? Believe for their life? You don't know what they're facing, but God does. God does. And it matters to them that we stand with them and pray this prayer. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross for me. And I thank you that you rose again to set me free, to live in relationship with you and I thank you that from this moment on you're my father and I'm your child and help me follow you from now on amen amen come on give God some praise thank you amen so good I just want to encourage you if you are one of those people and you don't have a Bible the team here we have Bibles for you we'll just give you a free Bible I encourage you to do three things three simple things number one is read your Bible number two is hang out with people that read the Bible a lot of people stop reading the Bible because they don't have any friends that read the Bible it's really important and number three is can you let someone know a family member a friend or one of the team here that you were one of those people that made that decision just let us know. We'd love to pray a specific prayer with you. We'd love to help you with the next steps. Um, and, and we'd love to help you from here on out. Um, Tim Swatsky is the main man right up here with the pretty sweater. And, um, and so right now, uh, I want to hand it back to Pastor Lorn. And, um, and if, you, if you're someone, just with the keys playing, we're just going to keep this going. I think Pastor Lorn, we, I don't know, we, he can do whatever he wants to do. He's the boss. But, uh, but you got to celebrate. New Year's Eve and you got your plans and everything 
But if you're someone and you're like, man, I've been living in fear. I've been living in anxiety. I've been living in this place. And and before I go and go to God and send any prayer requests to God, I would love an opportunity to come forward, just have prayer, have someone lay hands on me, have someone pray for me. I'd love that opportunity to just pray with you and believe that the presence of God is going to flood into your life and that you will have that key and that tool and you'll know that whether you're at work in a meeting, you're at home in your bedroom, it doesn't matter that you can just ask Jesus right there and the presence of God will just come in and then all that fear, all that anxiety, everything that you're not meant to run in life with will leave you. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Pastor. Thanks, Pastor Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's like a perfect word for our church to end off our year. Phenomenal. We just love Sam and Jess so much. If you know anybody in Toronto that doesn't have a home church, I'd recommend that you send them on over to C3 Toronto. Um, we are going to close and I'm going to...